Um, just as a, a little bit of an introduction, um, uh, Brother Dushko and myself are pretty involved in the corporate world, we, we've, uh, in the workplace. Um, we came to mind, more or less, the selection committee uh, uh, with a forum on, on dealing with the, um, the many challenges that, that the believer will face in the workplace. Um, Brother Douche goes towards the end of his career. Now I'm just a rookie, so maybe between the, the two of us, uh, we'll have a nice broad uh, spectrum and perspective, and we trust the Lord will speak through us. Um, to finish the introduction, there, of course, are many different topics that we can address uh, when dealing with uh, work and, and, and our spiritual lives. And so um, what Brother Dushko and I did was basically to go through and, and, and kind of narrow down the focus to a few selected topics. Uh, I'll start out and present a couple of topics, and then um, Brother Dushko will also have some. Um, but uh, before we do that, we would like to uh, invite the Lord. So I'm going to ask Brother Dushko to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, it is as we have been reminded this morning once again, we're encouraged to come boldly before thee and thy throne of grace. And as we have started our camp and focused on the first lesson and just been reminded to be bold before thee, it's not to be arrogant, not to be confident, but to come humbly, confident in the accomplished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it is with this, in this context, and with this confidence, Lord, that we come boldly before thy throne of grace. We petition, Lord, that thou wouldst continue with us as we continue to focus on this topic and thy living word and various aspects and elements of our lives that would be enriched, that indeed we would truly experience the joy of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And to this end, Lord, we ask that that would be with Brother Eric and myself as we would focus on this topic of Christianity at work. Each and every one that would be present here, Lord, that all of us would receive a blessing. But ultimately, Lord, that that would receive honor, glory, and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord, we ask and pray. Amen. Okay, um, as far as that, and there is plenty of room up front for those that are coming in. That's your, your punishment for being a little late. You have to, you have to be that much closer to me. Um, Topic-wise, uh, what I, I'm going to touch upon um, is balancing. We have work, family, church, lots of things going on in our lives. And then want to touch upon being an effective witness uh, in the workplace. Brother Dushko will then talk about how our business and our work life, whatever that may be, how that fits into God's kingdom and also to how to be a great and godly boss or a business owner. So to start out, um, it, before we really address uh, the need for balance in our lives, um, as I was thinking about this forum, I, I, I had in mind, of course, lots of different things that I've learned along the way, uh, being a busy uh, traveling uh, professional. And um, I thought that this just might be a long list of things to, to Little, little tricks of, uh, that I've learned of the, of the trade, so to speak. But really, uh, in considering this topic, the Lord really laid upon my heart to start off with a foundation. Um, we can't even begin to consider balance. It doesn't make any sense to be concerned for balance when we 
don't even have the, the right foundation or the right start. Um, I don't want to read all of these verses, but in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 10 through 15, it really talks about the foundation that we need to have in our lives. Um, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He goes on to elaborate about... um, how we build on these things, uh, wood, hay, or stubble, or gold, and we all are familiar with the scriptures that says that fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So um, I just want to throw out a question and would, would welcome this to be interactive uh, as, as you would have uh, any, any comments or p- please feel free, but uh, what does it really mean to have Christ as our foundation? That, that's, some, that's, that's a general statement. We all accept it, but when it comes to what does that mean for me in my life? Help me out here. What, what? Yes. Basically, it grounds a human being. Like, where did he come from? What's his purpose here? And where is he going? If you take away the foundation, think of it in reverse. Right. Excellent. It, is, it really ascribes a purpose and a meaning to our lives here on this earth. Excellent point. Anyone else have a, a thought about a foundation? When, another thought was in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, uh, where it says, "Have every thought captive to the obedience of Christ." I pass everything by Him. That is an awesome verse. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I don't know about you, but for me, when I look at my own life, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm guilty. Um, excellent points. And and to just further underscore this, perhaps looking at it a little bit uh, in a different way. Uh, Jesus says in John 15, uh, once again, verses 1 through 5 would be the full context, but the bottom line towards the end, he says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So if we look at Jesus as the, as the vine, and we are the branches, we, everything that we do, every thought, needs to be captive to the obedience of Christ, Everything that we have going on in our lives needs to be firmly rooted in Jesus Christ. And it is, um, so we can imagine this, this, this uh, braid here with these different strands. I threw down four here that I think are very important. You could think of others perhaps, but we certainly have our, our, our work, those of us that are involved, that's this forum, family life, church life, personal health, personal uh, taking care of ourselves. We have all of these things, but they all weave together in a godly life in Christ Jesus. There isn't one of those that's untethered at times, where we just more or less tuck away a little bit of our lives for a while, away from God and and from Jesus Christ. It's really impossible to strike a balance in in a life, which, uh, as Paul talks to Timothy, um, and, and he says, you know, instructing those that oppose themselves, it's impossible to strike a balance when we're opposing ourselves in this way. And and once again, what do I mean by that? When parts of your life may or, and you can argue about whether this can really be the case, we could argue whether we actually are rooted in Christ when we're keeping parts out, but the bottom line, there's parts of our lives that are not rooted in Christ. Um, Give me some examples. Where are some aspects of our lives where we tend to sometimes keep them to ourselves or are tempted to do so and away from God? Anybody have a couple examples to throw out? 
maybe our professional lives. And that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, you know, I can sit in church and I can be a, a, a faithful hearer of God's word, but when I put my knees underneath that uh, corporate desk, I become an entirely different person. And that's, uh, you know, that's just business. That's just how I have to take care of things. Well, if we're going to do that, and we're going to take some of that away from God, we're not going to find the balance that we need to have uh, in life. Um, also, you know, I think this perspective, change the I and the me to we and us. Who is this other uh, entity in our lives but God? Oh, I, did, I had an interview and I didn't get the job. No, no, we had an interview and God, for some reason, we didn't get this job. But that must mean that you have some other place for me. So we take him along with us. And uh, this, is, this is important. And I think we'll achieve an incredible peace that, that the scripture says passes all understanding. Um, but it, it, it really has to all be laid out there. Brother Tony mentioned that verse of every thought being captive to the obedience of Christ. We can't hold back on anything. Um, and this is, this is one of the most critical steps. We could have a whole forum on this. But we've got to get this right at the beginning. Um, and every aspect of our lives needs to find its purpose in Jesus Christ. Okay, so moving on then from that foundation, we really first uh, want to just have a few comments about assessing our, our own selves and, and getting engaged. Okay, we've got to get excited about this. We need to find the, the purpose God has for us. First of all, we need to look into ourselves. You need to, we all need to spend a lot of time thinking about this. Where is it in my life that I'm being tempted to hold things away from God? There needs to be some purging, some pruning that needs to go on of the deadness that's in our lives or the, those aspects that for whatever reason we've selfishly kept away from God. Could be thoughts, could be um, entertainments. Um, you know, if God were accompanying us, maybe we wouldn't sit down and watch that sitcom that, that, that mocks God's institute of marriage and, and all of these things. Oh, but we kind of steal that away for ourselves. Um, we need to look at all these things. And we need to get to a point, really, where we have an awareness of where and how everything is rooted in Christ in our lives, those, all those aspects. We will then find the purpose. Um, a bit about being engaged, getting engaged. We should all be, get excited. Stewardship. God doesn't give us anything in life, certainly not a career, uh, without the, the express expectation that we would be good stewards of, of what he gives us. Um, God says in, in Luke 19, 13, he, he called 10 servants, delivered them 10 pounds. He says, occupy until I come. God is looking for us to take the resources and um, those talents that he gives us and be good stewards of it. And not, not to slack um, and, and hold back and take it easy. God is looking for passion. So we need to get engaged in that way. A couple other verses, Colossians 3, 23 Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. None of us have an excuse to do something half-heartedly. And I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of that a lot of the time. We're, we're not going to get there with that way. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with, all, with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. What a powerful verse. We only have a finite amount of time, so we need to get engaged on it appreciating needs okay we have spouses some of us children they have needs for time and attention we need to start having a, a deeper appreciation for it 
When you walk through the threshold of your church into that building, there are going to be fellow believers that have a need to be uh, listened to, that need to be touched. And um, we, of course, know about what, once again, uh, Apostle Paul says about those that don't provide for their own. They have, uh, he, he says that um, they've denied the faith, and they're worse than an infidel. And providing is not just money, not just roof and food and mouths, but providing is being the spiritual leader in the home as well. Um, those that are having a budding career, or, or if you want to buy this fixer-upper uh, home and, build, and, and fix it up, it's going to cost you nights and weekends. It's going to be hard work. But uh, all the more motivation to get engaged. Um, church, once again, we've already touched upon that. So bottom line, everybody gets through life. Even, um, even a bum who spends his time in some alley in a city somewhere, he's going to make it through to the end of his life. Might be shorter life, um, unfortunately. But we all do it. How are we going to do it? And Jesus asks the question, shall he find faith on the earth? So this, this should all, um, the adversary is going to try to get us to be apathetic, just sort of float along, just sort of hope things work out with our children, just sort of hope that we can be a light at work, um, but trying to make us be apathetic all the while. So we need to feel the impact that God is going to make through us and be engaged. So, okay, on to finding balance now in our lives. Uh, first of all, there's several misconceptions that really are out there we'd like to touch upon. Um, you know, and once again, just with the context, we've got all these things going on. We're getting pulled in 10 different directions. Um, but the time for balance is definitely now. None of us has even promised another day. But it's not when things settle down at work. It's not when I uh, achieve a certain income level that somehow everything's going to, I mean, Brother Dushko could probably look at a rookie like me and smile if I think that some, when I hit another tier that things are somehow going to settle down and it's going to all of a sudden be easier to find balance uh, in that life. Um, <clears throat> so it's got to be now. Don't, don't waste another minute. And uh, the other misconception, I need to have a, a perfect balance. It's got to be perfect thirds or, or everything's going to all just be evenly spread out. Let's not forget that, that this is really God that's taking us on this journey through our, our workplace. And there may be periods of time where we're called upon more to, to uh, be involved in work than others. Let's not get discouraged about what our obligations are, and they may be a little bit um, not so evenly dispersed. There will be other times when we may have more time with our families. Um, Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness. Trials come in batches. Sometimes we get slammed with several of them all at once. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're out of kilter. God, don't forget, allows these challenges to come into our lives. Another one, when I'm balanced, things are going to happen how I pictured it. Somehow we think that, that when God finally rewards us or when he finally blesses us, he's going to bless us that, that things start happening how, how we think they should have happened. That, that things are going to fall in place how we've pictured it and that nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, we need to be open to the Spirit's leading in our lives. Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I would say more things are going to happen in your life when you're balanced uh, that you did not expect or could not predict. And that's God's Spirit taking you on this journey. Um, it, it comes down to a trust that God knows our best. He would never lead us to do, uh, to do wrong. So really, the bottom line, true balance is achieved 
when our own will is out of God's way. Um, it's not a destination. We know life is a journey. So let, let, let's think about these things as we, and balance identifies itself with God's will, not, not with our own will. So let's lay aside these misconceptions. And um, now on to some uh, helpful techniques that I have found uh, in my life. First of all, time is short and limited, and we need to be aggressive about finding the open spaces. We need to be honest about it. I spend a lot of time on an airplane. I can sit there and, and catch a few more Z's and, and, and get a little more sleep if, it's, if I got up at 3 a.m. to get to the airport and catch a 6 o'clock flight. <clears throat> Might be the convenient thing to do, but there's an hour or two there that could be spent. Um, once again, you're busy with work, and it's taking you through all these things, but you can find the time to be with the Lord, spend it in his word. Um, if you're a morning person, get up a little earlier. It's a nice, quiet time. The children aren't up yet. Um, you, you can have that time with God. Jesus did that uh, in, uh, in one of the Gospels. Um, I think it's Mark chapter 1. It says, a great while before day, Jesus rose up. Um, we get these comments, I have no time, and yet um, somebody can give you the play-by-play from the last night's Monday night football game. Well, maybe we had more time. We need to find it. Um, be organized. Planning. Scheduling. Um, this principle of making time. When we care about something, we're going to make time for it. Once again, going back to that, I have no time. Well, probably didn't make time is really what I've found to be true. I had a trip to Chicago, and um, I could fly or drive. It's really the choice is mine. It's, uh, it's about a, at least a six-hour drive. And I chose to drive, and it was, it was past the time for me to be able to change and book a flight. And my son had a daddy and me night on the, on the day that I came home. Well, I wasn't going to get home till 10 or 11 o'clock at night driving. But had I planned a little better and been a little more aggressive about being concerned about what's in my children's lives, I could have made a plan to fly that trip and get home in time and be there. These things don't always have to crash on us if, when we plan. Um, let's prioritize the workload, too. That helps us with the balance. You all know about the big rocks going in first, and then the little rocks can sort of settle in around it. And that's the best way to get as much done, uh, working in parallel. You know, I've got this job I have to do on Saturday. So, you know, Owen or Dylan, my, these are, those are my two boys. Get out of my way. I've got this thing to do. Get out. I have to get this job finished. I've got to go to the store and pick something up. No. Let's pull him aside. Put him in the passenger seat. Take him to the store. Show him how to. Uh, you could teach him many lessons along the way. So let our children be on our way and not in our way. It's often uh, the case where we feel like we have to just hunker down and, and just shove them aside. And I can't begin to speak to the, 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 the negative impact that it will put on a child when they're constantly being pushed out of their parents' way. Um, not enough can be said about that. Um, but let's also use technology and be creative. Uh, I spend time away. Um, my wife Sharon and I speak on the phone often. Cell phones are a wonderful thing. Uh, at night, we, we will even pray together through the phone. We will read the scripture together through the phone. It doesn't mean that, that I, we can't do that just because I'm 500 miles away. So we need to be creative and, and, and not close those doors just because we happen to be away. I also, uh, there's a brother um, I know of who, who, who has had to go um, travel and work a, about uh, three hours drive away and has to spend the week there. In the summertime, he's taking his family with him. There's a pool in the hotel, and they don't have to be in school, the children. So 
Um, once again, being creative, making these things happen uh, together in balance. The last one, I'm, this is tremendous, is be where you are when you're there. Um, might be 4th of July weekend. I've got a big presentation coming up at work. And uh, all I can do is sit and think about that and stress about that. I'm not engaged with my children. I'm not um, loving them and teaching them and, and, and enjoying time with them because I'm too stressed about Or maybe ends just aren't meeting at work. You don't have to be uh, in the corporate world or traveling or whatever. <clears throat> and then when you get home that night and it's time to crunch and do this, you, you can't really focus on it because you feel so guilty because you weren't enjoying yourself. It's a vicious cycle. It's a terrible place to be. You know, God puts us in lots of different roles in life. Let's be there when we're there and, and, and not be distracted. The, the, the take home um, I uh, took, uh, took the words of Christ as he spoke about the kingdom, but he says the violent take it by force, uh, meaning, you know, it, it's, it's no passive thing to, um, to get to, to this balance that God would have in our lives. It's not just going to fall in our lap. Okay, um, let's move on now to witnessing while we're at work. Um, this is another thing. God doesn't just have us uh, to provide for our families. God has a purpose for us to be where we're at. Maybe we didn't get the interview here. Maybe God wanted us to go over here for an express purpose. He wants us to be lights to those around us. Um, but first of all, it begins with our own walk. We really need to, um, you know, you, you, you can't begin to sell something, and, and I don't mean to say we're salesmen as Christians, but, you, you know, in, in the professional world, you can't begin to sell something until you've experienced uh, and believe in the product. And, and that is very true for us with the Lord as well. We really have to enjoy this communion and, and be bursting over with it. Uh, that, that, that's what people are going to see. And people can see re what's real. Um, you know, we need to be hardworking, have integrity, and, uh, you know, accomplished in where, wherever we may be. Does that mean we're going to rise to the top? I, not necessarily. Um, God has lots of different places for us. But the point being, no one asks a slacker about the hope that lies within them. The bottom line. And that's coming from 1 Peter uh, 3.15, how we should always be ready to give an answer to everyone. And we will be asked. I can almost, I, I can promise you that you're, you're going to have an effect and you're going to be asked when you live that godly life in Christ and you're very much on fire and, and can be seen that way. Some pitfalls, though, to watch out for. Uh, once again, being political. You know, I'm going to rub shoulders and do favors for those people that I can see are going to help me get up the, the corporate ladder. And I'm not going to pay as much respect to the, to the low people on the totem pole. Um, that will, will really shatter our witness. Um, taking credit for something that we didn't really, in fact, do. Um, once passed some information on to my boss, he sent it all the way up, all the way to the president, and praising what, what was done. And I had to reply and say, well, this was a team effort. And uh, because, you know, you just don't want to be seen in a, in, a, in, a, in a position where you're taking undue praise and credit. Um, how about running to the same excess of riot? There's a lot of these things that go on in the office as well as on the road, uh, traveling. That's coming from 1 Peter 4.4. 4. They will think it's strange that we don't run to the same excess of riot. But uh, laughing at, at um, inappropriate subject matter or jokes, uh, that, can, that can show some support or acceptance. How about displays of anger? How about being angry and sinning, and rather than being angry and sinning not? Uh, anger is an emotion we all deal with, but we need to control it under the control of the spirit. Um, how about drinking in excess? Um, you know, we find ourselves sometimes having uh, to have dinners or 
involved with work, we need to be very careful. Because what if, if these things are present in our lives, the question is what's left in terms of seeing any difference in us than what they see out there in the world. If we are to be regenerated, which we are in Christ, that needs to come, come true. On grasping the wheel of control, um, this, and once again, this has to do with um, professional uh, activities, whether it be dinners or a lot of times when I'm on the road, where we go or what we do is always well within our control. Uh, I was down at a trade show in Orlando, and there was a group of us, five of us uh, guys from work were together, and we just got one minivan. The co company doesn't want to rent five different vehicles for the group. And so we went out, we had a nice dinner, but then the, the, the bright idea was to go off to some other place. And so we drove off there, and it, upon seeing where this place was, it was, it, it was basically a bar environment. It was not a nice place to be. I spent the time out in the parking lot talking to my wife on the cell phone. And, um, you know, afterwards, the following day, I, I asked one of the older ones, what do I do in that situation? I really don't want to be there. I don't want to be. He says, well, just call a cab. And it, it's funny, I just didn't even think about that. But, you know, I don't have to be uh, held captive. Um, and, and we shouldn't feel pressured to, to, to be involved with these things. It's always the wheel of control is always within your, your reach and your grasp. And take ownership of uh, your walk and, and what you need to do. Okay, lastly, um, there's a lot of temptations that we need to be guarded on, um, whether you're on the road or in the office. And we've kind of touched on those with anger and other things. So expect them. Be guarded against them. Let's make sure we meditate to be ready for them. So let your light so shine out there so that they can see your good works and glorify our Father. Okay, so th these are some of the uh, things to watch out for. We always need to be guarded against so that, um, in conclusion, the last slide here is really where this is going to go or where it can go is that we develop relationships. You learn a lot by working and rubbing shoulders alongside people. But we, we need to look for conversational opportunities to speak of our faith. We shouldn't just rely on, on, on our walk. That, that needs to be the beginning. That's what people will see and make them ask the questions. But let's not just be quiet when there's an opportunity to more explicitly speak the truth of, of what we believe and where we see that people need to know the truth. Um, as far as who and how to speak to and when to speak to and all of these things, let's be in subjection to the Spirit's leading. Um, let, it, let that natural course take place. God will lay upon your heart a conviction to speak. We need to be open and, and always ready for that. I use the analogy of light. It doesn't need any auxiliary help. God, God doesn't need that either. We just need to speak out his truth and let it, let it work. Um, and it, it's, it's going to naturally shine through us as long as we don't get in the way. <clears throat> Following the biblical principles will always ensure that we maintain integrity in the workplace. And um, we just always need to be ready to take a relationship with a coworker to the next level and, and, and speak to them uh, and speak out about our faith. So in conclusion, um, our foundation needs to be on Christ. All aspects of our lives really need to be rooted in him. We will find a tremendous integration with that. And um, we need to follow the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, um, which is going to bring balance our way, understanding that Every day you're going to go on a journey, God has something for you. And it doesn't have to work out how we think or want. Balance means that we are in full subjection to the Spirit and not opposing ourselves. So, And lastly, in terms of the light that we can be in the workplace, a balanced life cannot help but shine uh, the light of Christ.
Um, any questions at this point or other comments? Anybody would like to share? I'm going to turn it over to Brother Dushko now. presentation, if you will, a summary, a, a perspective on, on this. We looked at a number of topics, and, and these are the four that we chose. We think we can uh, balance it in a span of 45 minutes or so and, and allow for some comments, questions at the very end. And the temptation was just to go over the same topics uh, from my perspective uh, 30 years later. Uh, I've been uh, at the same place, uh, work for a large corporation for almost 30 years now. And uh, as we were sharing, as, as Eric is uh, starting up, uh, starting up with the family and having to travel a lot. I've experienced the very same things at the beginning of my career. And a lot of those very same thoughts <laughs> that he was expressing, thinking when I do this, then things are going to get easier. Obviously, they did not and they will not, for God has a, a reason and purpose for all that. It really never gets easier. It just gets different. Uh, the experiences become different. And again, God, uh, for, for the topics that I've sort of chosen, uh, thinking about going forward now. Let's see if I can. Very good. Uh, thinking of the, the second half, similarly, you cannot speak about Christianity as it relates to any aspect of our life, in this case, our workplace, without really thinking of foundation and hopefully not uh, to be too repetitive, but similar thoughts as I was thinking of the aspect that I want to talk about. Uh, we need to really think about, again, what we started off, the foundation of Jesus Christ and the purpose that God has for each and every one of us. Uh, recognize that we are his servants. The fundamental thing is that his purpose is not to grant all of our prayers or wishes. A lot of our prayers are just uh, wishful thinking. We wish to get out of this situation. We wish to get this job. We wish to go buy a house there. It's, it's, it's our prayer, but it's in a way, in a human uh, sense, we, we think if we do this, then, then we can be uh, achieving certain accomplishment in our life and maybe be more effective. So that's at least our concept. I know uh, somewhere about five, six years into our marriage, when we're about to move closer to, to my work, uh, I had the expectation if we uh, move to this house, I'm going to be so much closer to work, and I'm going to be able to spend so much more time focusing on the Lord's business. Actually, it was the opposite. When I had to commute, I had to be so rigorous and so disciplined that I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning so I can have time with the Lord before I would go on, on the freeway. And if you miss the opportunity to get on the freeway at a certain time, those of you that are familiar with South, you know, Southern California, you were late to work. So that forced me into a lot more discipline than when I was five minutes from, from the office because now the attitude of the flesh is, well, I have time. I don't have to be as disciplined. Just a little reflection that we need to uh, keep that in mind. So his purpose is not really to keep us happy, which is circumstantial, but his purpose is to focus us that we are his servants, we're to serve him, we're his attendants. Uh, we wait, wait for him to reveal his will. This is where I had probably the most challenge 
throughout my career of waiting for the Lord to reveal his will to me. And, and I thought I'd spend a little bit of, 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 of focus on that. You can think about Moses and the example of his 120-year lifespan. First 40 years, he spent getting the education of the uh, University of Egypt, if you will, the best degrees that he could get, the best education. And then he thought he had it figured out what God wants him to do. He kills an Egyptian, and then he has to flee. The next 40 years, what do we hear about Moses? Not a whole lot. I mean, he goes about life, everyday, perhaps mundane things, tending the sheep, going to work, doing my eight to five, whatever, coming home. You don't hear a whole lot. And then it's the last 40 years of his life that God really drives it home. This is what I want you to do. And when God finally tells him, this is what I want you to do, he says, no, 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 not me, Lord. I, I can't do this. So imagine if, if our average span is 75, 80, first 25 years, we go through a basic education, maybe college, if we are college bound, we get our degree. Now for the next 25 years, God is silent in a sense of really giving you that purpose and direction. What is it that he wants me to do? Are we really willing to accept that? And have we considered that? So when you think about well, I'm, I'm seeking what is God's role for my career, for my profession, for my job, and so on and so forth. Uh, plan in advance to respond with obedience. Again, this is the perspective of a person that has gone through some three decades plus of, of, of working in a corporate world. Uh, be prepared to wait. Be prepared to wait for a long time. For each person is different. God does not speak just the moment we ask Lord, I need answers by tomorrow, 8 a.m. It will not happen. Uh, focus on God and his activity around you. In other words, he has a reason why he's letting you, letting you tend the sheep for 40 years and molding you and shaping you for perhaps whatever that opportunity or that assignment may be. But while doing so, keep him in mind, keep him in focus, rather than be so distracted about when is this job going to happen. Set your preconceptions and preferences aside. I struggled with that as well, just like many do today uh, in the beginning of my career. I had a certain mindset where we should raise the family, where I would like to have a job. and I prayed about it, but I, I convinced myself and, and Mary and I convinced ourselves that this is where we ought to raise the family, this is where we got to uh, do, and things were completely different. So... Don't set your mind, you know, this is exactly what I'd like to do. Be flexible because God's going to eventually lead and reveal what he has in mind for you. And then don't expect God's will to make perfect sense. I'm not going to read these references, but these are just some of the references where God is saying, my ways are way above your ways. When it comes through and when you have the convictions of certain things in life, some of them will not make sense, maybe initially. But as the, the Lord is gracious and allows us few years to spend time in our lives, we, we look back and we see how things make sense. So what I chose here uh, to continue, as I said, business person or business owner, a uh, lot of us in our community, at least in, in our church and denomination, a lot of people own businesses. And so whether you are a business owner or you're moving up uh, or you're aspiring to move up in a, in a, in a, in a career, 
Uh, it applies to, to both. Uh, just think about these fundamentals. Uh, Eric used the foundation of Christ. I'd like to think of even of this psalm that God knew us before we were yet born. Why are we struggling throughout our life to believe that he doesn't know what is good for us and what he wants for us in our life? He has known us before we were yet conceived. Uh, his primary concern is not our position. I think Eric mentioned that or, or, or position in business or our retirement benefits or our comfort. Not that he doesn't care, but his purpose is by the working of the Holy Spirit to keep molding us and shaping us into the image of Christ. That is his purpose, and, and that is our purpose being on this earth. And then as we go through that process in life, work is just one part of life that we spend in, but it's not isolated and independent of our existence and the purpose for God. Honor God with all your actions. I think this was mentioned already. Um, we tend to maybe make compartments. In the church environment, we are in maybe one attitude and disposition, or at least we like to be displayed and, and, and perceived as such. And at work, maybe we're totally different. Uh, everything works together. There cannot be a, a different person. It's not a, a, a weekend you know, Christian. It's, it's all 24-7. You know, God expects us to honor him whatever we are doing, whether we're teaching a forum, whether we're teaching a Bible class or Bible study, or whether we're making a sales pitch, that we do it with honesty and integrity, or whether we're relating to our family as we're, as we're managing our family. Every activity in which we engage should glorify God. That's, I think, motherhood, but important. So how does my business, my work, fit into God's kingdom? So this is where I was a little bit thinking of, of, of a different perspective as, as, you know, as we are, like I said, uh, moving up some, you know, a lot of people are owning their own business, uh, some of them are managing people, or uh, many of you may be young, out of fresh out of school, or aspiring to uh, move up, you know, in a corporate ladder and one day manage people. So I was thinking about, as kingdom citizens, we have the capacity to recognize God's work around the world. In other words, when you take the foundation that God has a purpose and reason and meaning for everything in our lives, uh, even when you listen to Sarah's testimony last night, she mentioned how. It was not a coincidence that so-and-so was placed in, in such a place. It was not a coincidence that, that whoever was placed in her class was there. These are not just cliche statements. These are true factual statements of our faith and understanding of God's word. That there is no coincidence in where God places us. If I could imagine that I was placed at work maybe to influence one or two people uh, to come to Christ, and that is my entire maybe existence there at work. Not so I could develop my career and, 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 and have a position. Could I live with that? Could I accept that? But that's really what God really wants. So the, ex the extent to which God invites us to understand you know, the, the perspective of his kingdom, it really depends on our, uh, our heart's condition. I've made some references. If you read these, where his uh, uh, disciples struggled. It, it was the hardness of heart. They could not quite understand the principles that Christ was teaching. And I think we suffer often of the hardness of heart that we quite don't understand the principles of what God is trying to teach us you know, regarding to his kingdom. Uh, we see God working powerfully to place his people in strategic positions. 
I'm giving you a global picture. If I think of Joseph and Daniel, I mean, these two guys moved up to be vice presidents, if you will, in, in the prospective places under the circumstances that you would not consider the most, uh, um, you know, talked about or, or, or most comforting. Joseph sold by his own brothers, Daniel taken into captivity. But God was placing his people in a position of responsibility and authority for a purpose way ahead of time because his ways are so much higher than our ways. He is placing us in various areas, communities, if you own your own business, businesses, uh, locations, companies, for his purpose and his glory, not for my own personal benefit. And so, so consider your, if you own a business as a potential outreach to your community. In other words, if you have a facility, if you have place that you can offer, if you have a product that you can offer to the needy, to be an element that you can reach out, that you can speak for God, use that. That's what God is giving you. That's what God is giving me. Uh, there is no retirement in God's kingdom. I had to be reminded myself because I'm looking towards uh, retirement maybe in a few years, and, and I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be a time to just you know, sit back and coast. But as I was preparing for this, um, I, just, I know of a brother that has retired and then went back to work full time, and everything that he got laid on his heart, that had everything that he pretty much generated in terms of income, he donated the needy within the church. Consider that concept. Those of you that are, again, running businesses or in, in, in moving up in the management and learning a lot of skills, they can be of tremendous value to church and church organizations and, and nonprofit organizations and communities in, in other ways. So God is not looking how we're going to retire with comfort and ease. Keep that in mind. And i got to keep that in mind. Uh, the final topic is as I have moved up uh, the corporate ladder, as they say, you know, I manage a lot of people now. And I was trying to think of a, a few thoughts that would be of, of benefit of what does it take, not that I mastered it, but as I've experienced in managing people, I thought of as, as a business owner or as a manager of people, or, or, or if you're aspiring to be a manager of people, what are some thoughts to leave you with of being a godly person in, in managing uh, what God is uh, giving you responsibility. Pride is the most insidious and destructive sin to assault Christian business people. And I've seen in, in you know, my company is 125,000 people. I travel plenty and, and meet with people and interact with people. And there are a lot of people that when we talk, they, you know, some of them claim Christianity, but when you see them in the in, in, the, in, in the offices or in, in the meeting rooms and, and the behavior and attitudes, it is going back to what Eric was saying, you know, our attitude and our character have to speak. The, the spirit of God's got to be so evident in our lives. Uh, pride is a big no-no. You think that in a corporate world, you really got to be, you know, like tough you get in order to survive. But let me tell you, uh, my... Uh, company president, his name is Ron Sugar. There was a big article in LA Times about a few weeks ago, I forgot when, about him, a guy that is very humble and very simple-minded, if you will. Comes from Toronto, from all places, figure that out. And uh, when he was six years old, he moved to Los Angeles uh, into a very tough neighborhood. 
and then went on to some very tough uh, high schools and, and went on and got a uh, scholarship and, and, and his, got his PhD in, in uh, WE. Anyways, he's our company president, but the guy is totally different from your typical corporate executive who is just a cutthroat down to, you know, like the tough businessman. A very simple, very, you know, it's a completely different uh, example. He's not a Christian to the best of my knowledge, but I was just trying to tell you, tell you that even in the secular world, it does not mean that you've got to be tough to really succeed. So the most successful leaders, even in the secular world, are characterized, characterized by humility. Uh, so humility is not a weakness. Instead, it is a confident strength. I'm talking about from a Christian perspective. It enables business success even in a competitive world. When you think about Moses, he said, you know, Scripture said he was the, the meekest man on the earth. Yet, what God was able to accomplish through him, again, in his obedience to God, and he's struggling in some areas. So, it's very important to keep that in mind. Jesus led by serving. Examples of, of washing feet of his, of his disciples. What a powerful example. So, humility is the inevitable byproduct of an intimate relationship with God. Because our confidence comes from the Lord. If our confidence is in our own abilities and our human you know, education and experiences, it will fail. Our confidence comes from God and from, from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit, knowing exactly who we serve and why we exist and who we live for. Um, so we can go about our business with integrity because our definition of success from the world measure is different. Um, comes from the Lord. So let's talk about why does business exist. So maximize profit. I'm not here to teach you economics, but if you own a business, if you did not make a profit in, at, at the end, why would you be existing? In, in, you know, uh, why would you have a business? So there's nothing wrong with this. So there is nothing in, 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 you know, inherently sin, you know, sinful about this. It says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not, not the money itself, because if you think of Deuteronomy 8.18, God told them, I gave you wealth. It's what you're going to do with that that I'm interested in. So, but the pursuit of, of, of profit is to be a means and not an end in our business ownership or our work. This is just one of the several vehicles. If, God, if you have a business or if you have a, a prosperous career and God has blessed you, what are you going to do with that overabundance? That's what God wants to see. He's not saying, hey, I don't like you having that. Because he gave it to you in the first place. What are you going to do with that? Uh, so, in a way, I have uh, recently, we, we reorganized at, at, at the company. And uh, so I have a new set of uh, executive vice presidents. Uh, our sector is about 25,000 people. so. So I'm one of the minions in, a, in among many, uh, and but it's the you know bottom line performance, the top line growth, bottom line performance. That's our motto. I mean, that's everybody's motto in business: profit, profit. So from a Christian perspective, I have to tell you that it is very difficult and challenging to uh, to basically manage the workforce and be responsive to the corporate objectives. So 
But intricate task, our task is, yes, to keep one eye on the, uh, eye on the bottom line because if business does not make a profit, it's going to go out of business. I'm not going to have a job. So I do have a responsibility. I cannot just behave, you know, like uh, I don't care because it is my job. It is what God gave me a responsibility to manage. But one eye on the business, but two eyes on spiritual principles. What I'm trying to, to reflect is the emphasis got to be always to focus on things above. As we deal with all issues, God will provide guidance. There is no book of, of recipes I can just tell you, well, this is what you do, and here's the here's script. No. It is a daily struggle of facing your challenges at business, keeping the business profitable with integrity, with honesty, but always keeping in mind, as even what Eric mentioned, that you, what you do, decisions you make, are based on godly principles, and that you will not be dishonest, that you would not go and lie about business so that the business could make greater profit. God forbid. Some practical implications is, is I deal with a lot of people. I thought about what, what could I share with you? And, and I'm fortunate enough that our company is focusing on this. But like I said, if, if you have your own business or if you're working maybe in a smaller uh, outfit that it's not as rigorous about these standards. Uh, are you concerned with the people that work for you, that they have a reasonable payment of living wages? I'll tell you an example. In the 90s, when the economy was also as soft as it is here and now, uh, late 90s, Mary and I needed the help of a gardener, and, and the guy gave us an unbelievable deal because there was just no work around. And so we took it. We needed help. Uh, uh, we were going to do some, a lot of traveling, and, and he was doing a wonderful job. You know, and I told him, I said, there is no way that this person can literally, you know, make a living on this kind of payment. we got to go in and, and raise pay. And we did this several times. And as I was thinking about this, I just told Mary, you know, we've got to revisit this. It's been a number of years that we have not raised. He's not asking. Maybe he's afraid to lose the business. But I should be concerned about it. Am I paying the person reasonable wages that, that he can have a decent life? Uh, safe and healthy work environment. Again, I'm giving a perspective from my own personal work, and we, we, we focus attention on that. But if you're a business owner, this is very important that you care about people that work for you, that you provide a very safe and healthy environment. Uh, assisting, you know, allowing employees to participate in decision making to communicate, to reach out to them, to let them feel that they are part of the organization. What it's, it's, it's you know, again, you know, whether you manage your business, small business, medium-sized business, or you're managing a lot of people in a, uh, for a large company or small company. To let them uh, come in, my, I have an open door policy, and I have a lot of employees that tear up in, into my organization. But anytime somebody wants to come and see me, they know they can get on my calendar. I will find time. And at times it's, not really easy, but I, I, I make a policy, and I have all hands where I claim that anytime <coughs> there is a need, I will listen to you. So it's an investment, and it's a commitment. Uh, focus on people development. As they are, the economy is constantly changing. Are we concerned about people that, that, that are helping us be successful in our businesses, our own work, that they also can pursue other interests and developments so that they can be ready maybe for next change because there's one thing that is guaranteed change is inevitable change is the only constant in life you have heard and that is true so uh, 
we need to make sure that people have adequate rest. These are, these are all common sense things. So you say, well, what does this have really to do with, with, with churches? Well, it's showing a care for the people. God has entrusted you with management of the people. You've got to show some care from a God's perspective. And then helping them along the way. If, they, if they're going through some difficult time, we've got to be the first ones out there to, to provide them Bottom line, managing people from a Christian perspective takes a lot of courage. And, and I struggle a lot with that because there are too many demands that are very business focused and there are too many draws that I have from a scriptural perspective of how to, to help people in their lives so that ultimately Christ comes out as, as really my king and my Lord, that it, it is reflected in my decisions that what I do is really for God's kingdom and God's glory, not just for my that's hopefully a, a perspective that beginning of a career and maybe towards the end of a career we have hopefully you know, gave you some ideas. Uh, we did look uh, in uh, Christian literature. There's a lot of how-to books. There are a couple of them that stood out and, and, and I purchased them. I have reference if anybody's interested. One is called Christianity 9 to 5 and I think the other one is the, uh, I mean there are hundreds of them. The other one was God in the Marketplace. There were some interesting uh, ideas and perspectives that, that people had. Again, business people, Christian business people that have reflected at the end of their careers on, on, on some of the you know, experiences and, and were beneficial as I was focusing my thoughts on, on where am I lacking, where do I need to go back. Uh, questions, answers, anything that you want to add would be more than happy to listen you know, actually, I, I have a, uh, an example to, to go with what the Brother Eric said about being a witness. Um, you know, in, in my profession, I, I get people at very vulnerable uh, times, you know, um, because of their health and diseases. And um, actually, one of them was operating, and um, the pa before I operate, the patient asked me to pray with her. Because I pray with my patients. A lot of them, sometimes I don't. And so I prayed with her before they put her to sleep. And... Uh, during surgery, something happened that I didn't like, so something bad slipped out of my mouth. And immediately, the anesthesiologist said, hey, Tony, I thought you just prayed with the lady. I mean, I felt this big, talking about being a witness for Christ. So we could be a good witness and a bad witness uh, also, and, and, and not hopeful, and I learned a lot from that, and, and being very alert, and because people are watching us, like you said, and especially if you have a position to affect a lot of people, you'll even watch it even more. Very good point. One of, the, one of the questions, I, if I could, we were asked a, uh, there were several questions that came up that Brother Dushko said we kind of considered topics, and uh, I just quickly wanted to address one of them, was um, I have a career that uh, I can't find a job where there's any of our churches, uh, you know, what do I do? And uh, I more or less took, uh, took a little um, exception to that, and uh, I, I have my own personal experience um, you know, my place of, of work, I had no, no idea it even existed. Um, it was a connection that my grandmother had with a, a, a lady she worked with who was in human resources. And I mean, bottom line is, it took about six months, but God opened a door for me in Mansfield that I didn't even know was there. Uh, and just wanted to encourage, I see, I see we have uh, quite a few younger ones in the back who may be struggling with this. 
Uh, you know, we, we lost a, a couple of good brothers, but they're in good hands out in uh, La Puente. Um, you know, they've, they've found uh, jobs in, in uh, uh, L.A. and uh, near, near a church. And uh, I would challenge the young people to put God first and, and say, okay, Lord, I do want to serve you in, 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 in one of our churches and, and put that to him and let prove him and see if he will not open a door that you didn't even know existed. One more comment. One more comment that, that was made. You know, I've heard of a comment where somebody lost a job, and uh, a well-meaning Christian was trying to comfort the person and said, "Don't worry about it. quoting uh, Romans eight twenty-eight that all things work together." So just don't worry about it. that. Means this job was not good enough for you, and the Lord is going to provide something much better. That's that would be a wrong principle of teaching because we don't know why God is allowing things like that. Like I said. We already mentioned God's intent is not always just to, you know, make us feel comfortable, but to stretch us and to grow us spiritually. And sometimes we lose a job and we have to go through some difficult times, not expecting that the next job is going to be much easier or, 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 you know, to find or it would be an easier. So it is a spiritual growing that he's interested in, not necessarily our, our uh, pure career development. Thank you all. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, do you have uh, this on hard copy? We have uh, only a couple of hard copies. We have an electronic version. Uh, also, we could uh, send that an email, uh, and so that might be a way to uh, uh, help out. We didn't want to back a lot of, a lot of paper, but we do have electronic version. Do you have any personal experiences that you know you'd like to share? Kind of highlight any part of your topic? That's usually. Let's see. Uh, personal experience when I says God places us in uh, in strategic <coughs> positions. Uh, like I said, I, I manage uh, a lot of people, but it also gave me an opportunity. I know also where a lot of jobs that are available within our company, and I was able to to assist in several employments with, with uh, people from our church that were in need. Or I'm more aware of things that are coming up with the company and I'm able to again assist our, our people. So I can see how God does have a, you know, like Esther says, you were placed here for, for a purpose. You know? And so if you take that perspective, I think it just uh, helps us understand that it's not about me, guys, and these lives. Anything else? I'm just thinking, as you were saying, when God puts us in different places and how Moses waited 40 years, and perhaps we don't understand why we're in these positions, and uh, as we were saying, uh, uh, or talking, I was thinking about uh, um, when you watch these real good chess players, they get ready, they print the, their puns or their chess pieces in certain places. It doesn't make sense, but they have a plan. They know exactly what's, what, what their next move is. And I guess just my comment is, I guess, life is kind of like a chessboard. I guess we're the pieces and God's the, the, the chess player. And although <coughs> it might not make sense now, uh, God does have a plan. He knows where the next move and where he's going to move you finish off the game. He sees all those uh, steps ahead that's right. that we can't see. And that's what I'm saying, that the, for me personally, for a personal experience, the fundamental going back and looking back, I lacked patience. And I did things in life that ultimately worked together for good. But it took a lot of patience and then submission to God. Simply say, Lord, it is all in your hands. And when I finally was able to do that, and, and things, you know, the things that I struggled with about placing the family and the location of the house and the job, finally God just saw that overnight, after five years of my moaning and groaning, why am I doing this? 
So patience was important, but patience because I was not willing to let it go and just let God be and let him be in charge. So he waited until he crushed me, until I said, it's only in your hands. And he solved it in, in no time at all. Well, thanks again. We appreciate you being here. And any other questions, I'm sure we're here the rest of the week. So we'd like to talk to you.